Hey everybody, Brian McCumber here from Tech Money Talks. I'm excited because today we have one of the fastest growing professional dropshippers on the planet. And he has a real innovative approach to e-commerce. We are fortunate to have Joe Staber as a special guest on the show. And for those of you in dropshipping, you should know who he is. And if you don't, then you're missing out big time because you'd be leaving 60% on the table if you're not following Joe's techniques in dropshipping. If you're interested in starting an online business to make extra money, you better save this episode in your back pocket and listen to it over and over again because the stories and the tips you're going to learn here will give you the opportunity to quickly launch your own business to help your wallet grow fat. Joe is next gen and is one of the youngest professional drop shippers and has now launched a branding digital marketing agency that is on the rise. Over the past year before my eyes, Joe's has been crushing it in drop shipping with his innovative approach and is consulting and mentoring others how to successfully do the same. Joe is the real deal and one of the most transparent professional drop shippers out there on the internet right now. Time is money and everyone is looking to get a piece of his time. So I'm really happy to have him on the show today. Joe, thanks for joining us, man. How's it going? What an introduction. I love that. Thanks so much for having How'd me. How'd I do? Is that okay? <laughs> that was amazing. That was awesome. Thanks so much. Awesome, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. And I appreciate your time today. This is going to be great stuff. So I'd say, you know, to maybe kick things off for the audience, maybe if you can share your journey uh, into dropshipping. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, you know, I think I kind of started off as most young entrepreneurs would. Um, you know, I was depressed in high school. I was a big partier and I thought I kind of kind of had to follow the path that was paved for me. Um, I played ice hockey. So I was just a very normal college kid. I went to college. I was playing ice hockey five days a week. Um, you know, I was going out on the weekends, having a good time. And I think I kind of had like a little bit of an epiphany my first uh, semester at college because, you know, I had had, I had been having a good time in high school. I had been partying a lot in high school. And when I got to college, I was like ready for that next big step. I was ready to kind of take my life a lot more serious. Uh -huh. And the party scene was just no longer for me. It was what everybody was doing in college. So it was, re it was weird. You know, in high school, I wanted to party because nobody did it. In college, uh -huh. in college, everybody did it. So I was ready to just, you know, take a step back and focus on myself. And, you know, I think I just yeah. did what a, lot of, what a lot of young entrepreneurs do. And I just typed in Google how to, how to you know, start my own business or how to make money online or something like that. And, um, you know, I guess I had a pixel fire and I, uh, I started receiving some advertisements for, for dropshipping courses and kind of just, it got me really involved in it. And I didn't really know what it was. It kind of came off as a scam to me. Uh, I'm assuming a lot of people, they, they kind of feel the same way when they first get introduced to it. Yeah. And, you yeah. Know, I didn't know how I felt, but you know, I had a little bit of money to play with at the time. Um, I was, I, I hated a nine to five job. So just a little bit of a background. I was always an entrepreneur. Like I would go on Craigslist, I'd find a free couch and I'd sell it for 75 bucks on Letgo. And that was more, you know, that was more rewarding than working anywhere else for me. So um, I had a decent solid cash flow coming in. I just took the money that I was making from just, you know, reselling that free stuff on Craigslist in my free time. Um, and I started pouring it into ads. I probably lost about two grand. Cause I had wow. absolutely no idea what I was doing. I was just throwing money in weird areas. I wasn't retargeting. I wasn't, I didn't have a good website. I kind of just did everything the way, you know, most people probably would in the very beginning of drop shipping and failing. Um, but I learned very, very quickly the skills and the techniques that I needed to learn because I had a good friend of mine who was actually uh, doing it at the same time as well and taught me a Facebook ad strategy that I still use to this day um, that has completely changed everything for me. Um, but yeah, man, it was really cool. It's just, I went from a depressed kid who thought like college was the path and, 
within about three months, I was introduced to drop shipping and, you know, fell in love with it. Got my first store to about 25 K in sales. And at that point I called my parents and said, you know, I'm taking a semester off. Um, you know, it's going to be okay because I'm going to prove to you in this one semester off that I don't need college. And if it's a failure, I'll go back. Uh -huh. Um, and they honored that. So I just, I, I went all into it my first semester off of college, which would have been my second semester. And I tripled my revenue. I took on 10 different students, mentored them. They were getting results. Um, at which point I came back to my parents and said, look, I got something here. Let me run with it. And you know, it's been a crazy ride since then. Wow, man. I, man, you touched on a lot of great things that, that we could, that we can dive into. And this is actually uh, super awesome. Like even with, uh, like even taking a step back about the deciding to take a semester off, because I've noticed that that's also been a lot of questions and especially people that have already achieved a level of success uh, in dropshipping, you know, trying to decide, you know, should they go to college or not? and things like that. So what, what was your kind of like thought process and kind of reasoning there? Well, so first things first was I've always, like I said, I've always been an entrepreneur from a young age. I could not stand the thought of working for somebody else. And I think that some of the depression that I had in college was like, is this really going to be the rest of my life? Like, you know what I mean? Is this really what I'm going to do? For the rest <laughs> of my life? And um, it was like an epiphany moment, man. It's just when I started doing drop shipping, I knew very, very quickly that drop shipping was not going to be, you know, my job for 60 years. I knew that drop shipping was going to be an avenue for me. And I actually just spoke on stage about this. Um, I knew that drop shipping was going to be an avenue for me to learn the skill sets necessary for me to do incredible things. Whether I wanted to start my own brand, whether I wanted to do a consulting agency like I have now, like it's paid to help other brands. You know, I knew that the skill sets that I were going that I was going to learn through drop shipping was going to be much more valuable. Um, as well as, you know, it was a great, you know, low cost of entry starting point for me to get some extra income to fund, uh, whatever my next endeavor was. So I knew very, very early on that marketing and online income and using the power of social media and these platforms that my generation is addicted to, rather than being addicted to it, to actually utilize it, to make money. I knew that there was something there. So, um, Unless you have the mindset of, you know, drop shipping is not the long term, and I'm going to use this as a skill set to set the foundation for the rest of my life. Um, if you have that mindset, go for it and drop out because obviously you don't, you don't belong in college. But for those of the people that, you know, they, they want to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer or they want to be a teacher or they have some sort of, you know, mission behind what they're doing. Um, they're not positive. They're just doing the drop shipping for the money of it, the quick income. There's no need to drop out. There's no reason to because they're going to regret it. But if you know from the very early on standpoint that this is not for me, that I'm going to make it work. And I think the big thing for me, man, was, you know, when I dropped out, it was like, you know, it was do or die. You know, I, I succeeded and I, and I made it or I failed miserably and I became depressed again and went back to school and that wasn't an option. So um, it kind of just forced me to, to be successful. So that was, that's my story, man. But I think a lot of people, they, they do struggle with that. And I had a question at the yeah. event that I spoke at in New York and it said, you know, when do I know when to drop out? And the first, the first answer was, <laughs> the first answer was, well, you need to have a decent income. You need to be doing something already. Just because you're not happy in college is not a reason to drop out. Make sure you already have a foundation set up to, to support yourself. And the second yeah. thing is, realizing that what you're dropping out for is for the rest of your life and you need to, you know, make it on your own and make a name for yourself. Because the way I look at it, man, is, you know, a degree was so, so, so valuable 30 years ago when it put you ahead of 90% of the people in society. Nowadays, everybody has a degree. So what separates you from the rest of the pack is your skill set. So if yeah. you get ahead, you know, at a very young age and have a very, 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 you know, 
uh, well-rounded skill set. Like the way I look at it is, you know, I have, you know, 10 different businesses under me that I manage over $250,000 worth of ad spend, you know, no college wow. students coming out of college and saying that. So I think that just because I have that background, I'm getting the job. So the point of the matter is if you have a skill set that you can capitalize on, take, take full advantage of it. Yeah, very true. And and you hit you touched on some really great points that I want to jump into because uh I mean in one sense it's just like I mean dropping out of school doesn't mean you stop learning, right? So it's it's almost like uh you know you you've done your own, you know, self-learning and deep diving into this uh thing and 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 I like your approach that you actually took, which is actually, you know, deciding, you know, hey, and even talking with your parents, you know, hey, you know, I'm going to take this semester off and then really grind it out because this is what you really want to do. And, and you proved it out as opposed to, uh, you know, say somebody just, you know, dropping out for, you know, dropping out sake, but not actually doing anything in the business because they're not taking it seriously. Right? Oh, absolutely. One million percent. And you kind of just touched on a point about, you know, you don't stop learning and that's super, super key because, you know, I feel it's the exact opposite when you're in college, right, you're, you're going to class to pass a test to get a piece of paper. You don't care about the information you're learning. You care about getting the grade on the test that's coming after that information. So mm -hmm. everything comes in one ear, out the other. You regurgitate on a piece of paper. You go get drunk. You have a good time. You forget all about it. <laughs> you're take that same test a month later, you'd fail. Yeah. Yeah. And the way I felt was, you know, I wasn't valuing the money that I was spending. You're spending $200,000 to learn these skills and then you don't actually learn anything. You just don't care. So I realized the second that I stopped spending money on college, I invested about a single 1% of that, you know, funding into going to events, self-education courses, et cetera. Yeah. And that alone, I valued that information much more because I was paying out of my own pocket for it. It wasn't a loan and, you know, it was like, you know, you need to know this information to succeed. It's not like you just need to way, pass a test. So yeah, way more I valuable, cared, right? <laughs> I, cared, I cared much more and actually implemented the things that I learned rather than just, you know, letting it come in one ear and out the other. So that, that also is a big stepping stone for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, very true, man. Yeah. And I think, uh, and yeah, I'm glad we elaborated on that because I think that's the most important thing is that, uh, I mean, it doesn't mean you stop learning. You actually need to be, a better self learner to push yourself and and focus in and I like the way that you talked about the skill sets because I think and I think that's going to be a shift you know coming down the road and I don't want to go too far off in the educational system but I mean the education system needs to change right I mean we're we still have a school structure that's been the same since the little house in the prairie days and here now we're dealing with you know more you know, modern socially connected technology advancements and all these things and everything's real time that, you know, we can't be learning the same way. It's, and it's more about, you know, skill sets and experience and being really effective in the process. And and I think, you know, people like your, yourself has really caught on to that and proven within a short period of time. I mean, just like, you know, the, the article that, that, that really stood out to me, the one about, I think the title of it was like college dropout became six figure business owner in eight months. Yes. I mean, just to hear that, you know, relative to most people across the country is just like, that's amazing, right? 
and uh, and and what you touched on, and I want to actually kind of lead into that, which is, you know, most people will see that and they think, oh, this is get rich quick or it's a scam, right. you know, this and that. I mean, would you describe it as such? Like even, I know oh, you talked. Um, yeah. I mean, look, in 2016, it was the it was the definition of get rich quick. In 2016, <laughs> you could make a website, you could throw up any product with a white background, target it efficiently and make a killing. People were just eating it up in 2016. I didn't have the privilege of being involved in 2016. <laughs> um, so when I got started, you needed to brand yourself. You needed to have a, a, you know, an environment that you built around your product and, uh, you know, just a big brand. Like you weren't just selling products anymore. You were selling a name and a brand. And, um, in that standpoint, you know, it's even gotten much more elaborate in the last two years since I've gotten involved. And, it's the it's nothing close to a get rich. It takes so much time and effort, and everybody gets involved. They're like, "Oh, I just make a store. I, I target efficiently. I get a good advertisement. You make some money." I mean, no, you need to have an amazing website yeah. with products that are a, that 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 are you know above standard, not the average drop shipping AliExpress product. Then on top of that, your marketing needs to be efficient. You need to have the product ordered and have a professional uh, video made for different creatives for different platforms. You need to have email marketing set up efficiently so that when you start funneling in people and their information, you're retargeting them. I mean, you need to know everything because if you're not taking the proper steps, um, and again, spoke on this on stage, was you know you could have the best website ever, but if your targeting sucks, nobody's coming to your website. You could have the best website, the most amazing targeting, but if your creative sucks, nobody's coming to your website. You could have the best creative the most amazing targeting but you have a typo on your website or the product you know picture isn't that high quality and nobody's gonna purchase like everything has to be amazing and nobody nobody cares enough to put in the effort to get to that point all they care about is making that quick buck and that's probably the reason that 95% of people fail at dropshipping and even going back to to your story like even within the eight months like how long did it take how how long did it take you to reach that level of success like how was it months or weeks? Yeah, or weeks? yeah, absolutely. Oh. So I think, so what I did was I started a camping brand. It was called Mountaineer Gear. It's no longer up and running for all the people that are going to now go try and check it out. Um, it is no longer up and running. <laughs> um, but what we did, it was a camping brand. and I was just obsessed with traveling. I, it was my passion. I absolutely loved it. So what I did was when I, uh, I took that semester off, I, um, I pretty much just traveled the entire country. I went to every national park in the U.S. Um, wow. And Throughout that journey, it uh, was also to clear my mind now that I was out of college and figuring out, you know, what's the next step. But it was also to build the brand. I had ordered about, you know, probably a, about $1,000 worth of equipment from my own dropshipping website solely just to um, have the products for pictures, videos, content, etc., um, and I went around the country and I used the same equipment that I had purchased from my own site um, to camp in, to live out of, to cook off of. Um, and I documented the entire process and I built, wow. the, I built the environment around the brand and it took off because I was, you know, using hashtags, national parks and, you know, using location. And I was constantly posting. I was in, you know, Grand Canyon one day and Banff National Park the other and Zion National Park three days later. And it was just, it was so incredible for people to see that journey. And they were like, I guess the mindset was, you you know, oh my God, this, this gear is very durable. If he's using it, I should use it. And the brand kind of took off. Um, and it did really well. So I think that was what I did really well was I branded myself uh, very successfully. Do I think that you need to do that? No, I've built multiple dropshipping stores since then and have not done anything near that level of uh, <laughs> work. But um, uh -huh. building the environment was what made me successful. And to answer your question about how long it took, you know, I said I lost a lot of money up front and that was because I didn't know the process. Once I learned the process and I had 
you know, all the things in place and like I built it out efficiently and I had a product that I felt good in and I tested it. And, you know, I recommend spending about $200 to test a product. So I spent about $200 about three or four times and I had about a thousand dollars and I found the product that I wanted to scale. Um, and, and at that point, once I found the product, once I built the systems out, I would say it was about a month before I was like wildly profitable. Um, but you know, there's also the steps that, you know, took place to get to that point. And I say, I would say to build everything out and get to the successful, uh, point where I was, you know, profitable, I would say it was about a three yeah. to four month process. Wow. Wow. No, great story. And yeah, even great story behind that, the travel brand. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that, but, and that goes to show the, you know, the commitment, what you're willing to do and, and the results show for it. I mean, uh, that level of success that you have, which is awesome. So yeah, I know you mentioned uh, about speaking on stage. So that was the, the NetCon event that, that yeah, you were at. Yeah, sure. uh, yeah. Tell us, tell us the story about that. How did, what was the story behind, you know, being invited to speak and then and then the event and stuff oh, like that. Oh, it's such an amazing story, man. This is just manifestation at its finest. Anybody that's listening, you can do anything that you want, and this is proof. I went to my first event and Build Your Empire event in uh, Arizona with Casey Adams uh, about four months prior to NetCon and got connected with just some absolute titans in the industry, made some amazing connections. I fit in perfectly. We were all in the same space, so we just we all, we all vibed really well. Um, I got on a podcast with somebody there. Uh, I met a guy named John Danes, who I also spoke with on stage. And I just got connected to a lot of beasts, and what happened was one of the people that I met uh, was invited to speak on stage at NetCon. Um, and, you know, the person running the event is actually younger. His name's Simon, uh, a little bit younger than I am. And he was looking for more speakers to put on the stage. Um, somebody recommended me. He reached out. Uh, we spoke. He thought it was a great fit. He put me on the lineup. Um, I referred John Danes, who was one of the kids that I attended Build Your Empire with. And it was crazy because we went from attending our first event ever to speaking <laughs> on the stage with the CEO of Build Your Empire who held the first event, Casey Adams. And it was amazing, wow. super, super cool for me and John and a lot of the other speakers. Um, but anyway, um, what happened was Simon reached out. He wanted me to help at the event. Um, and I was like, yeah, absolutely. Let me, let, me, let me speak for you. So you know, I figured out I had a 30-minute speech, which is one of the longest speeches. And I was super grateful for having one of the keynotes. But um, wow. what happened was he reached out to me. He said, you know, you, you do social media marketing or you know, you know Facebook ads, right? And I said, yeah. Um, and he said to me, he said, I'm, I'm struggling selling tickets. We were about a month and a half out of the event. And we had like, I think, 10 tickets sold. Um, and I was <laughs> I was panicking because I didn't want my first event to be a bust. I wanted to uh -huh. share this with Casey and have it be worth my time. And so I immediately was like, what, what, what can I do to help? Um, and he was like, well, I need somebody to do all my marketing. We haven't done any Facebook marketing. I need to sell these tickets. And I said, okay, fantastic. Not a problem. Uh, he gave me a $3,500 marketing budget to work with, and which was very small to sell 30K worth of tickets. Um, but what we did was we ran a bunch of different campaigns. I got swipe ups from all the different speakers. Um, I got their Facebook advertising uh, audiences, their custom audiences, targeted all of them with their swipe ups, uh, took all that data, retargeted, did discounts, buy one, get ones, gave tickets away, did giveaways. And within a month, we had about 150 tickets sold. Wow. Um, so I, I wouldn't say I, I saved the event, but I definitely came in and, and sold a lot of the tickets for the event. And then one of my buddies that I also met from, met from Build Your Empire, uh, he did all the closing. So I would gather, gather the leads, and then he would close on the phone. Um, and it just worked out, it worked out very well. So that was the background of the event. But in terms of how the event actually went, it was amazing. We had a great turnout. Um, everybody gave, you know, amazing knowledge. I dropped some crazy knowledge on Facebook advertising and the strategy that I use uh, when testing and scaling a product. 
and you know the crowd loved it and to be honest with you I just it was my first time ever speaking on stage and I fell in love with it as well so um, I landed another speaking engagement coming up uh, later this year in um, in PA here um, but you know it just it introduced me to a whole nother level of things and just getting connected with like-minded individuals and sharing advice and just helping other people out and I loved I loved the feeling of being a speaker on stage I'm looking forward to doing that again that is awesome man really great story and they've been shows you know proof right there about you know the digital marketing and to make something work especially at uh, crunch time and, and the way it was and actually let, let's let's lead that into you know for the audience talking about you know some core strategies some tips for the audience so like uh, related to Facebook advertising what are some uh, tips that that you'd like to share with the audience there well I think the first is the most basic which is that your creative is extremely important a lot of people underestimate that they take the video off of Aliexpress or some nice pictures and they try to play with it uh-huh um, the next thing kind of elaborates off of that. So let's say that you have, you know, a video of a cooking utensil that you grabbed off AliExpress and you're going to try and sell on your website. And, you know, let's just say that this, you know, this particular product, you know, cuts bananas. It's that banana slice that everybody tries to sell. And um, let's just say that, you know, I need to figure out people that are going to be interested in my product. So just like every other drop shipper on planet Earth, I'd probably go to the interest section and I would probably target people who have an interest in bananas and fruit and they have an interest in kitchen, kitchenware and they have, you know, they're an engaged shopper. And that's great. That's fine. You know, you're targeting people that you think are going to be interested. But I have uh, a dilemma that I've realized that a lot of people probably don't pick up on. I talk about it in my course and that's not targeting the interest that you think people are going to be interested in. Because that's what everybody else is doing. First off, you have a video that I bet you a million other people are trying to advertise with. <laughs> so that already sep doesn't separate you from your competition. But then you're going to target uh -huh. the same exact people that everybody else selling that product is, is targeting. People who have an interest in bananas. People who have an interest in kitchenware. And the problem is the people that you're targeting have already seen that advertisement, that same video a million times. And everybody's just like, yeah, I'm so sick of this. And they just skip through it. Um, and you're not going to get results that way. So what I started doing was I used audience insights and I would go to uh, the page like section. So for example, I would type in banana and I would see what are the top 10 pages that people who have an interest in bananas like, and I would target those pages instead. Um, and that's wow. why being a decent amount of my results, I started targeting the, the audiences that my, that my, um, competitors were hanging out at rather than what they were actually interested in. So that would be my second step of advice would be to do a little bit more research on who you're targeting and who your targeting demographic is and going after them and where they hang out, not their interests. Yeah. Um, third piece of advice would be in terms of targeting. Um, so the average consumer needs to interact with your brand seven times on average before they feel enticed to purchase off of you. Um, so that being said, you could retarget them three times and still not have them want to purchase. So having email marketing is super key. Having all these other uh, factors is super key. But what I'd like to talk about is a three-step uh, Facebook marketing strategy. So for those of you guys listening, I'm about to drop some crazy bombs. Take out your notepad. Awesome. Um, so the three-step process that I use for Facebook marketing is as simple as video view traffic conversion. I don't do engagement. I don't do any of that other shit. I literally do a video view campaign with my with my video ad. Usually I recommend that you order the product, have a professional, uh, you know, make a video with it. Um, but we do 10 different ad sets. We're only targeting interest. Um, we target interest based upon the, the audience insights page that I just went over. We target 10 sole interests and we do kind of a broad audience and we let that run for three to five days at $5 a day. 
we come back after a few days and, um, you know, hopefully, you know, we have some decent data. Obviously we're not going to have any purchases or anything. If we do, that's just amazing. Um, and <laughs> we'll come back and we'll retarget with traffic. So very similar to the video view campaign, we're going to run a traffic campaign to 10 ad sets, except five of the ad sets are going to be cold traffic like we did with video view. And then five of them are also going to be retargeting based upon the data we collected from the video view. So people who watch 75% of our video, people who watch 50% of our video, people who watched a hundred percent, a lookalike off the people who watch 75%, that kind of thing. Wow. Um, we'll that information. And then the third step is letting the traffic campaign run for as long as you possibly can. So traffic, you might actually get some sales. If you can get a few sales and have a profitable ad set with traffic, you want to stay in this traffic, traffic step, step two, for as long as you possibly can. Because the more data we collect in the traffic campaign, mm -hmm. the more results and the better our results are going to be at step three, which is conversion. So if you can run more than 10 ad sets, if you can afford to run 100, do it. Um, but when you get done the traffic phase and you're like, okay, I've collected a ton of data, I want to move to conversion. It's a very, very, very similar, easy step three. And it's just... 15 ad sets this time, five cold traffic like we did with video view and traffic, five retargeting off of the traffic data, and five retargeting off of the video view data. And it's very, very simple. And what this is going to do is it's going to give us such a, such a vast majority of data that is it going to scale us to 100K? Absolutely not. Is it going to scale us to a K a day? Very rarely, but it's possible. But the point that we're getting at here is you're going to learn Facebook advertising. You're going to learn retargeting. You're going to learn the product and the uh, demographic that works with your niche. You're going to be in, the, in a position that you know now where to allocate the money to spend. And hopefully you have two, three, four different profitable ad sets that we can now use the next step that I'm going to be talking about, which is the Facebook rules that I implement. So let's say you're now running your 15 ad sets and none of them work and you're like, okay, let me do 15 more. And you just keep testing and testing and testing. That mm. brings me to the Facebook rules. If you were going to get involved with drop shipping and you do not understand these next few rules, don't get it started. The first one is the fact that you are going to be losing money on step one and two to make it back on step three, four, five, and six. So you're going to lose all your money in the traffic and in the video view campaign uh, ad sets, but you're going to be making it back on conversion. So if you're going to give up after the first $500 you spend, don't continue. Secondly is test everything and anything. Just because you're 15 ad sets, because I just told you to do, you know, video view traffic, just because your 15 ad sets that you try weren't successful does not mean that the next 10 that you're going to do won't be. So just make sure you're testing everything and everything consistently. You'll eventually figure out what's going to work. And then lastly is what we do when we have a bad ad set, what we do when we have a good ad set. If we have a bad ad set and let's say, you know, our product is $30 and we're selling it for 60 that means we have $30 to spend before we go negative. So if I spend $60 on advertising, double the amount that I'm allowed to, and I still haven't gotten a sale in the conversion phase, I'm going to kill that ad set. I'm not going to run it any longer. But if I spend $60 and I get one sale and I'm not profitable, but I've gotten a sale, okay, well, what do I do now? Well, now I figure out who's interested in my advertisement and I scale from there. I cut the, you know, let's say I'm doing 18 to 65 male, female, but I see 18 to 35 male is what's working best. I'll target specifically that demographic. I'll duplicate it and try again. Um, so it's about realizing who your art audience is and duplicating and scaling efficiently that way. But I kind of got off track a little bit. The other uh, tip that I would use is if I were to get a sale, if my product or my campaign were to get a sale, what I do is I duplicate twice. 
Um, and the reason I duplicate is because if you edit a current ad set, it can mess up the algorithms, as a lot of people listening to this probably know. But for those of you guys who are newer, if you duplicate an ad set and kind of just change a few things without duplicating, you can mess it up. So you have to duplicate the ad set and re-edit re it. So uh -huh. what I would do is all I would change is the interest. So let's say, you know, I'm selling, you know, a piece of cooking equipment. I targeted the Rachel Ray cooking show and it's killing it. What I would do is I would go back into the editing box where I'm going into interests and Facebook gives us a little button called suggestions and it gives us a bunch of different suggestions based off of the interest that we just tried um, with uh, Rachel Ray. And I'll say, okay, well you just targeted Rachel Ray. You know, you should try Gordon Ramsay or you should try, you know, one of these other big cooking shows. And instead of doing Rachel Ray, I would duplicate it and I would switch to Gordon Ramsay, et cetera. And all I'm doing is trying similar interests in the same environment that was already working and scaling efficiently. So um, when you have a sale, it's just about duplicating and changing the interests to uh, a more targeted demographic as well as um, scaling down to, you know, figuring out who your target audience in the audience is and where most of the results are coming from and spending most of your time in that specific phase. Like I just talked about, if that's 18 to 35 year old men, that's where you spend your time. So with those facts right there, um, obviously, you know, my course goes much, much more in depth and I'm not going to give away everything, but, um, that information <laughs> right there should be enough for a lot of people to kind of get involved and kind of get some decent results. I read a piece of advice that was like, you know, uh, what was the best piece of advice you've ever received? And the question that I responded with was don't take advice from anybody who hasn't made you any money yet. Mm, hook, line and sink hook, line and sinker is I'm trying to provide value so that the audience can go out, implement these results see, holy shit, this guy knows what he's talking about, and then come to me in an Instagram DM in three weeks and be like, yo, let's work. And that's, totally. that's my main goal here. I want to help other people, and you know, if I can provide just a little bit of value, I hope that helps you know, whoever's listening. Oh, yeah, totally. Man, you seriously dropped some bombs here. And yeah, just like the intro, like I mean, the audience should be listening to this over and over to get it right, get the at strategy going. And then, yeah, let's even uh, get some exposure for for the course uh, that, that you're offering there. I, I did notice that. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about that. So, yeah, um, I think the, I'll start off first things first. You know, I'm not a big course guy. I don't like that, you know, my reputation is built off of somebody else's work ethic. I have people doing, I have a 20-year-old doing 20K a month. I have somebody doing 200K a month. And I have people that are doing absolutely nothing a month. And what I hated was that the people who weren't getting any results because they weren't putting in the work ethic or the time or the investment, they mm -hmm. would label you as a scam or not being able to provide results. And it's just like when you have people that are so successful, you know, it, it aggravates me that somebody else could mess up your reputation because of, you know, their work ethic. So that was actually the reason that I transitioned from doing my e-commerce course to actually being a full-time consulting uh, slash social media marketing agency and actually doing the work myself. Um, so to be honest with you, I'm actually moving away from the course. From but the it's, course. Okay. It's still there. It's still mm -hmm. available. Um, and it's still extremely valuable. And I add, I add videos every month, um, that, to, um, you know, new updated stuff. And it just goes over every step of the process. It's not just building a store. It's not just running advertisements. It's setting up your email marketing, creating amazing ad videos, how to find amazing products, the types of copy that sells, the sales psychology behind people or how to get them to purchase the, the mindset and the motivation to keep you going, a checklist to keep you, you know, held accountable and going forward. And, yeah. you know, I also try to make it extremely affordable. It's only $3.97. It's like probably like a fifth of most of the courses that some of these massive gurus are charging for. And, you know, I'm not going to go out and throw any name shades, but I've had so many students <laughs> that I've bought 
so many students that have bought like the top level courses in the industry and gotten nothing out of it. And they work with me for a month and they're 10 K plus profitable. Um, and That's they awesome. said the course was much more valuable. So, you know, if you have any, if you have any skepticism about why you want to get involved with dropshipping, or if you, if you think a course is going to be a scam because you've heard bad things of other people's programs, I highly encourage you to just to send me a DM on Instagram at Stiber S T A I B E double R. Um, and I'll, I'll hop on a call with you and I'll answer any questions you have, because I'm telling you right now, I care about each and every one of your success. I was in a position probably very similar to you two years ago, extremely depressed in school. Felt like that was the way I had to go. And I was trying to find that outlet and somebody showed me the way and it changed my life. And I would love to be the person that could change yours and that's awesome and it's such an awesome feeling too and it's a great thing that you're doing it's like uh i mean making a difference and the results are showing for it and yeah i really like your thought process there especially as you're you know shifting more into you know mentoring and consulting phase which is awesome one of the things that i wanted to touch on which i thought was really good about your approach and i don't think people talk enough about it is is the focus on the the back end the email marketing and things like that and i did uh, catch on part of that but uh, maybe if you can like elaborate a little bit about that yeah absolutely so again it's just you know it goes back to the fact that you can't run an advertisement until everything else is perfect you have a brand reputation that you're building and if somebody comes to your website and it's unprofessional or it looks like a standard drop shipping website with a not paid for theme like debut or something you know that immediately triggers a reaction in your customer of I don't feel comfortable purchasing off of this person or this brand and you immediately lose a, a potential sale um, so for this reason a lot of the back-end stuff really really matters and one of the most important things is I, I should say the four most important things are one a great creative to capture the attention of your audience so putting in the time to have a creative that is different for everybody else secondly a paid-for theme with a website that has been professionally done. Maybe your, you know, you know, your collection photos are um, super. You know, you've had a graphic designer do your your collection photos for your homepage, and it looks professional. Um, and then third is, you know, I just spoke about how it doesn't matter if I retarget three times. They need to, they need to, you know, interact with us at least seven times on average. So if I can get somebody to come to my website and I can get them to give me their email for a 15% off their first purchase or a free product or, you know, a chance at a, at a, at a chance at a free product or whatever. Um, and they give me their email and then over the next seven days, I ping them two or three times with some free value about the, um, environment that they're already interested in. Let's say it's a camping brand that I give free camping advice or some, you know, trails to tr check out or some free products they can grab or something along those lines. Lines, and I immediately established that I'm somebody that's going to provide free value to the customer. Um, they're going to feel a lot more enticed to open my emails in the next few weeks. Um, then eventually I started hitting them with advertisements and discounts and links to my product and, you know, vice versa. And having all of these different things work intuitively with the advertisements, great. You're funneling people in, you're getting their email, you're retargeting them with uh, email marketing, you know, all of these different things working in the background of success are so, 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 so much higher rather than just targeting somebody and having them not purchase and then not following up. I mean, I have abandoned cart emails that when somebody goes to my cart and they don't purchase, they're immediately hit with three emails over the next 48 hours, basically trying to get them to come back and complete that purchase simply because I don't want to lose that sale. And I realize the value in that customer. Um, and you know, the biggest problem with drop shipping is, 
you know, a lot of people are trying to drop ship from China and that's great. You can make money. That's how I made mine. But you know, it gets to a point where, you know, you have to compete with your competition and your, your Amazon and these other big brands and you need to have a U.S. fulfillment center. So eventually I had, a, I got to a point where I was ordering in bulk from China, you know, shipping it to a, uh, uh, a warehouse in Wisconsin, putting my own label and logos on it and shipping it from there where it would take three to five days. So it's also wow. understanding that it's a long-term process as well. If you want dropshipping to be a long-term brand, you need to be thinking about the customer satisfaction. You can sell to a customer from China one time. That's great. But the chances are when it takes three weeks to get to them, they're not going to purchase off of you again. And that means that your business is solely dependent off of first-time customers, um, which means that you know you have to constantly be making sure that anybody that comes to your website, you convert. You don't let an abandoned cart, uh, you don't let somebody abandon cart and get away. You make sure you convert them. Um, and then, then, you know, email marketing also comes in handy because even if somebody did purchase this off of you and it took three weeks, you know, if they see a great advertisement three weeks later in their inbox, they might purchase. Um, but as they, they definitely will purchase if you take three days to get your product to them and they actually enjoyed the quality of that product. Um, that's how you build the long-term sustainable brand is by outsourcing, putting it in a fulfillment center and doing it that way. Um, I didn't listen to your, uh, your, your episode with Tanner Plains, but I would hope he spoke about the fulfillment centers a little bit um, because that's definitely one of the things that a lot of people do kind of leave out. Um, and if you're going to get involved with long-term drop shipping and trying to build a really long-term brand out of it, that's definitely something that should be in the back of your mind. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you touched on some great points there and yeah, he, he is definitely building it out as well. And at the same thing, it was just like, I don't think enough people like, especially if you want to see it scale with the focus on the back end. So it's just like, you know, that audience should keep in mind that starting out, you're bringing things, but also, uh, and I like how you put it. Cause I remember when you mentioned it again, like, I mean, you could be leaving. 60% of the money on the table if you're just not you know, hitting people on, on the back end with the email marketing, whether if it's abandoned carts or whether, um, you know, even just offer somebody a different color of the product at a, at a discount, all of a sudden you're getting sales coming in and it's like pure profit. Really awesome. Great stuff, man. So related to, so your agency, so is your agency more targeting to help individuals or is it for companies or both? I do both. Um, we're kind of, we're kind of testing the ropes. We're doing, I mean, so first things first is I know that my, my skill sets can generate results in any different marketplace across the board in terms of niches. Mm -hmm. So I don't feel that, you know, I'm doing myself an injustice by, um, targeting everybody, but I do know that I, I would rather be a, a special, um, a special agency in a specific niche. So Right now, we're working with a few different types of agencies. We're working with e-commerce businesses that have e-commerce stores like ours. We're working with artists in the music industry. My family owns a record label, and I've built it from the basement studio to being worth a lot of money. Um, wow. And I've learned the marketing skills behind making an artist successful. So I have a lot of experience there. So I work with the artists and helping them rebrand themselves and you know sell merch and sell tickets and get their name out there and build their exposure. Awesome. Um, and then I also work with uh, real estate agents and some just some personality brands like let's say like a young and reckless. I don't work with them. Um, but like a, you know a clothing brand that's big in the space that is just looking to target um, a specific demographic and needs to increase their conversions. We work with them as well. And we only have about 15 clients right now with our agency, but that's because they're all about one, five, 10 K month clients. And, um, I want to make sure that they get our full undivided attention because the results here matter so, so much in terms of the long-term brand that we're building, um, and making sure that all of the people that work with us are happy. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I don't know if I kind of skipped that's over your awesome. 
No, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you definitely covered it for sure. Yeah. And, uh, and even just listening to you speak about it actually, you know, reminded me of the fact is like, you know, you remind me a lot about uh, Gary V's, you know, footsteps, you know, into this. And, uh, and I think I, you know, I did catch that you did kind of speak about him, but would you say he's one of your mentors and maybe speak a little million percent yeah i mean i I know a lot of people kind (laughs) of i know a lot of people kind of have like a bad vibe of like oh he's just like the he's like the face of entrepreneurship he's not real blah 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 blah. i think that's the biggest load of bullshit i've ever heard in my life he's a fucking genius and everything that he does is amazing um and if it wasn't for him kind of motivating me to get the fuck out of college and doing what i was unhappy to do Uh i probably wouldn't be where i am right now so he's a massive mentor but to be honest with you my biggest mentor is my father i kind of watch him from a very young age, build his own business. Um, he always supported me. He showed me the way. We think the same way. We have the same brain. Um, I was always able to kind of run off my problems, my my worries off on him. And he knew exactly what I was dealing with and knew exactly how to handle it. Um, and just awesome. kind of guidance in my life was definitely was definitely something that changed everything. Oh, that man, that's great. Yeah, I love hearing that. And uh, I mean, that actually even reminds me too, because like I, I have. Uh, two boys and they're now in eighth grade and a freshman in high school. The cool thing is like even centered around, you know, drop shipping, getting them ex- exposed, you know, to the business. And I, and I tell people as well as like, you know, treat it like a family business. Um, you know, it's not just for this next geners, but like, you know, even people that are, are looking to get into the space, you know, even treat it like a family business. Cause like my wife and kids, you know, we're sitting around the dinner table, excited and talking about what products are popping off and awesome. uh, <laughs> a really awesome. cool thing. Yeah. And it's just like, I mean, you know, you can make it as big or keep it as simple as, as you want to. And it's just like, you know, each of them are getting that exposure. So hopefully with the audience that are listening that, you know, yeah, I mean, you can do this, you know, as a part of your family. Yeah. It's just, just like a really awesome thing. So yeah, you reminded me about that. I was just like, oh yeah. Can I, can I ask you a question? <laughs> yeah. So with your children, um, how old are they? So 13 and 15. Yeah. Okay. So like they're at the perfect age to start self-development. Are you, are you making them read self-development books at all? Uh, we do have them around and trying to get them to read, uh, you know, some of those books have been challenged, but you know, we, we do have, have a night where we just kind of try to unplug and where we, where we just kind of take at least a good, a good hour of, of reading. So, you know, a lot of the popular books that, you know, that, that we have, you know, like, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and even the book by Lewis Howes and, you know, different things like that, that we get them, you know, thinking, grow rich, you know, all, all the different things that we try to get them, you know, plugged in with. So part of the challenge is to get them and, and encouraged to reading, but, yeah. but we so just to, to touch up on that. I don't know if yeah. you're familiar with Caleb Maddox, um, absolute Titan in the space. He's actually completely changing, um, the education system right now with a company called APAC, which is kind of just working on self-development with people in, uh, in the younger demographic from a young age, mm-hmm. kind of getting their mindset straight from a very young age. They can do whatever. And he talks about how his dad, um, the reason he's, he was so successful was his dad, um, would let him go out, have fun, do his things, would reward him with money, whatever it was. Um, he was rewarded for every personal development book that he read. Um, and I thought that was an amazing psychology to have your kid get involved with reading. And I'm only 20. I don't have a kid, but I knew that I know that if I was given self-development books from 13, rather than starting at 17, 18, man, the difference would be amazing. So if you can figure out a way to get Gary B's crushing it in their hands and give them an incentive to read that shit, man, do it. It'll change their lives. 
Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, we we have that in the library as well. Yeah, the thing is, and and I'm starting to see them mature into it. So I think it's catching on. You know, like I've told a lot of the other guest speakers on the show that's just been hidden. I mean, now, you know, they're able to relate to to you. They're able to relate to you mentioned Tanner and and others uh, just because they're at such a closer age and it's and it's not just someone like me trying to tell them hey think about business think about your future um, but now when they see you know other other young people that are really crushing it out there um, and now they're relating they're getting you know way more interested and their oh, friends are getting interested in it and uh, yeah I mean you had you had Vova on right you had Vova as yeah. well oh yeah <laughs> Vova was one of my students about seven months ago. Oh, so, wow. That's a great yeah, connection we, there. We spoke, on, we spoke on stage together too at NetCon. So it's just, it's very cool to see um, the culture and like, you know, Vova's young. He's still in high school. So like, it's, it's yeah. very cool to see the, uh, you know, how I've helped him. And he, I'm not going to credit all my success to him. The kid's a beast. He's doing great. Um, but, you know, he was in my program. And we had a few mentorship calls and he did, he did take us sort of the next level through the program. And it's just, it's very, very, very cool to see, you know, it does not matter the age. It just matters about the work ethic and the understanding of the platform. And if you can just spend the time to learn it, man, it's, it's crazy what you can do with it. It's absolutely yeah. crazy. Yeah. And that's, that's a great connection. And man, I'm so glad that you mentioned that. And then, you know, the, the cool thing, but I mean, that's the other, I think that's the other ingredient as well. So like, uh, you know, the thing that, that Vova has is, and I think that everybody should have is like making that decision. Like there's a point in, you know, everyone's life where, where they just need to make the decision that they're just going to go all out, yep. not make excuses and just you know, and just do it and commit. Nobody can do it for you. It's like, you know, you have to make your own decision to do that. And, you know, Vova did and, they, you know, boom, you know, he's crushing it and he's not, you know, doesn't look like he's planning to stop anytime soon. Um, but it's the same thing. So like, you know, given the guidance, so like I'm guiding my kids and they're happy and excited about it, but I don't think they have that, that fire in the belly as yet, you know, they got to make that, you know, decision to really, uh, go beyond what, you know, what I'm able to, to give them, you know, and, and come I mean, up with yeah, their they own. They get to a point where, you know, they'll either be miserable where they're at and they're going to want to change, or they're going to have what I, what I had as well. It was kind of a mixture of both. I was miserable, but I also got that first taste uh -huh. you know, like I got that first sale and it was just that first taste was like, I was, I was hooked. I was addicted. <laughs> I was like, I don't care what I have to do to get more sales. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be successful and I'm going to make my phone, make that cha-ching sound as much as I humanly possibly can. Oh, I love that sound. <laughs> Still to this day, it makes me smile. Yeah. I'm just like, man, that's a great thing, man. Man, Joe, hey, this has been really awesome. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time out here. I know your time is valuable. And this is really great stuff. Um, oh, I wanted to ask you a question, actually. Is it okay to follow up with you later in the year to see how things are going? Of course. Absolutely. Love oh, that, that'd be great, man, for sure. But yeah, actually, let me give you a chance if, if you want to leave any closing remarks for the audience. Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the last points I just kind of want to leave the audience with, and you know, this is just me being trying to motivate you guys a little bit. You know, I, I really, really, really never thought I would amount to shit. I really was a bad kid <laughs> in high school. I was selling weed. I was just, I wasn't a good kid. I got, I went down the wrong path. And Within a year, my entire life was changed and I was in such a better position simply because I just looked at the things that were going on around me. And rather than saying that's a scam, rather than saying I can't do that, rather than justifying, you know, who they are and what they've done or the, the luck that they've had, 
I realized that nothing separated myself from the people around me. Um, and I went to an event. So go to an event, surround yourself with people like myself and people that are doing this stuff in the space, get motivated, change your life and just take action, man, because it's so, so simple. And people are getting caught up in the monetary value of, Oh, I don't have a thousand dollars to fly out to an event or, Oh, I don't have the $500 to invest in the drop shipping or, Oh, you know, I don't want to fail and lose my money. It's just like, Money is a tool, not a resource. You need to figure out that you're going to figure out how to make money a million different ways. And even if you fail with dropshipping, you can take any of the skill sets that you learn, writing copy, marketing, creating advertisements, you know, email marketing, whatever it is, you could take just that specific skill and freelance it for $1,000 a month for other dropshippers. Like there's a million things that you can do in this space. And as long as you realize that and go ahead and actually take action, put yourself in the position to succeed throw yourself in the fire, take the risk, jump out the plane, build your parachute on the way down. I know it sounds cliche as fuck, but just do it. And I, I promise you, man, put your head down for a year. Don't worry about your friends. Don't worry about hanging out. Just focus on building yourself and your environment and a year reassess where you're at. You'll be happier. You'll be healthier. You'll be more popular. The girls will want you. The guys will want you. You'll have more <laughs> friends. Everything in your life will change simply by you just focusing on yourself, doing what you want to do, and just you know making sure that you're you're going in the direction that you want to, rather than the direction that you think people want you to go in. Um, if I can leave anybody with any uh, motivation, it's just to just be yourself, go after it, and you know just go all in. Don't don't you know half-ass it. Just go one thousand percent in, and please, 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 please shoot me a DM on Instagram. Let me know how this podcast uh, motivated you, and you know let me know how I can help out every single one of you guys in any capacity because I want to make sure that, you know, I can impact all of you the same way I was impacted a year and a half ago. Powerful, man. Great close. I'm clapping right now. This is great stuff, man. You dropped some great gems uh, in this episode for sure. And uh, great closing remarks. Really great stuff, Joe. Man, I appreciate your time, brother. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much, my guys. It was an absolute pleasure. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I'm looking forward to connecting with every single one of you guys. Brian, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. So I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Tech Money Talks. I hope everything was helpful and thought-provoking and somewhat entertaining. If you want to learn more about this topic, please let me know so I know what to focus on in future episodes. My goal is to teach people how to make money with the opportunities that technology can bring. And if you like this episode, please show your support by subscribing, leaving an awesome review. And in the meantime, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. My tag name is Tech Money Talks. Thanks again. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Peace.